FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. A special shout-out this morning to all those listening in Yamba, New South Wales, on 87.6. Transmitter up on top of the hotel there. Mm. Uh, Dala, Dalano. Delano in Queensland <laughs> on 88.0. Oh, my. And Nuriupta in South Australia also on 88.0. Shout out those places. Yes. If you live there, hey, send us a message. Let us know if you live in a place that has a very... Well, give us a call and tell us the correct pronunciation. Yeah, 0491-064-669. Lyle, how was your weekend? Amazing. Really? You look surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I just think you're boring. <laughs> I had an amazing weekend. Okay, what did you get up to then? So I preached on Sabbath, on Saturday. Amen. That, that was awesome, God. over at Raymond Terrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke about what happens when a person dies. Amen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then went for a oh, great walk Saturday afternoon. Mm. Um, just exploring all around the Hunter River and so forth. Oh, epic. So did that. Uh, then on Sunday, worked on the house. Mm-hmm. Went for two walks on Sunday. Uh huh. Walked the little legs off my little dog. And then yesterday, worked on the house, sold a bunch of stuff, hung out with my next door neighbor. <laughs> it was epic. It was amazing. It's, it's like the most average weekend ever. No, no, it was pretty good, but I mean, it's just, it's just what goes down on the weekends. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is Tuesday here this morning. We had a day off yesterday. You would have heard our pre-recorded show yesterday, this time of day. We did get a few text messages that came through. Mm. So it must have been a very good show that Shell put together. That's right. It definitely sounded real. Uh-huh. But and we weren't here. We weren't here. We didn't answer your text messages. Well, probably till this morning. But thank you for we, talking we to were, us. We were in bed when those text messages mm. was coming. Well, maybe. I was... Definitely not in bed. I was, you were up early. I was up early. I had a fantastic... You were, you were camping. Listen, listen. I'll do the quiz first. Yes. I'll talk about my amazing right, weekend. Right, and why I called the, Lyle's weekend quiz. average and normal. Because oh, mine was just blah. so much better. Nah, but yours, hey... Yours was lame. In which city did Jesus heal the centurion's servant? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And our prize for this week is the ever-popular, amazing, incredible... Revive Cafe Cookbooks, editions, or well, volumes, five and six. So we are giving you two massive, amazing, awesome cookbooks full of vegan, healthy, tasty, incredible recipes. We're just cool. going to give them to you yes. for free. But all you nice. have to do is answer questions to the quiz and then get drawn. But hey, again, that question was, in which city did Jesus heal the centurion's servant? 0491 064 669. All right, if you know the answers, you know the number to call. So give us a call right now. But let's hear, hear about Lawson's amazing, fantastic weekend. That was just super lame because he went oh, camping. But he didn't go camping. No, it was. You were. Was you, a camp. Were, you were inside four walls with a roof over your head. That's, that's, right. that's not camping. Yeah, that's but we were camping. out in nature pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Separated from nature by walls and a roof. No, we were in incredible nature. We were in beautiful nature. We were up at Tali for... real. A- re- when real men go camping, 
it's like a mat on the ground, a sleeping bag. But it wasn't just real men. There was like 70 people there and men and women and children. And we had such an amazing time. We hang out at Tali by the lake, spend time worshipping God, spend time doing activities. It's about an hour north of Newcastle. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So up near... Kind of like Port Stevens area. So you got kind of got a couple of lakes up there. Yeah, that's right. Well, we were the area we were in was like a lake that ran out to the ocean. Uh-huh. But it was just incredible. We had people from all over because we are the Newcastle University Adventist Church. So we are yes. full of uni students. We had bunches of uni students come who, like particularly international students who had like never seen kangaroos before and just all kinds of things. Like it was really, <laughs> really amazing. And then we had families from the Warners Bay Church as well. They came too. And it was just Did an you see amazing kangaroos? time. Yeah. Did you see wallabies? Dude, I was walking up to kangaroos. Did you I see a like, wombat? I was... Like getting really close to them before they would notice me and run away. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was such an amazing time. I think particularly the aspect of being able to to worship God together. The theme of the camp was connect. We called it Camp Connect, and we spent our time just learning about connecting with God, connecting with one another, what it takes, what we need, how God needs to heal us to be able to connect. It was really really powerful. So, who was your speaker? Uh, my, my good friend, shout out Chris from uh, down in yes. Melbourne. He did an awesome job just talking about all things to do with Connect. It's really funny, you know, when you go to one of those camps, because he's like a, in, his, in his early 30s, he's married, he's a pastor, and he's speaking to mostly uni-age people. And the topic of, like, given that the camp was called Connect, the topic of relationships came up a lot, but like romantic relationships... And and he's like, oh, this isn't a relationship seminar, but let me tell you guys like five stories about me and my wife, you know, it was just hilarious. But hey, we had such a fantastic, amazing time. The food was great too. Shout out to all the cooks. Um, we also spent time, you know, splitting up into groups and doing devotion. And I think it was a camp really for everyone. And, every, you know, all different people from all different walks of life came. And I think the highlight for me of the camp was that a guy named Tom, who I've been studying the Bible with for the last eight months, gave his heart to Jesus in baptism. Ah, so, praise God. So That's shout awesome. out Tom and shout out his family who came up. They're from, they're from out Narromine Way. Uh, so real, real country people. Yep. Uh, but shout out Tom for making that decision and, and and going through with it and giving his heart to Jesus and wanting to be his disciple. So such an amazing, incredible time. Like I cannot stress to you enough and I cannot share enough how awesome it was. So if there's somebody out there in Radio Land that wants to come to your next camp, you, you give you a call. And- Dude, 0491 Text us. We'll hook you. That, you that's to, awesome. We'll come to our church. Hang out with us. Eat good food. We've, that's that's we've amazing. But hey, let's have a look at some news, some some positively different news. Dude, people are just finding coins and all kinds of things all over the place. Yes. We talked recently about like Shell found a bunch of coins on the weekend. Really? Where? On the road. On the road. She went That's for a walk. Amazing. She went for a walk. How many coins did you pick up, producer Shell? It's like five bucks worth of coins. I've picked up twelve coins. Uh- yeah, it came to $4.95. There you All go. All in different places. There, there you go. Yeah, just walking down the road. There you go. On well, Sunday. Well, 
I think that is that's incredible. I've never expected to just walk along the road and find coins. So it shout was a out, producer. She went Shell. for a long walk. Yeah, I know. She shows me her stride app. She's absolutely just demolishing it. Yes, but would you expect producer Shell walking down those roads uh, to find coins from the year six thirty five? Oh, that would be... No, we would not expect... If we found that in Australia, there would be some major questions to be answered. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, in... Uh, in Well, in Israel, yes. as most of these finds take place, uh, there have been about 170 grams worth of coins, 44 pure gold coins Ooh. from the 7th century found in a ball. So this would be Islamic era? Yeah. So this e- these are Byzantinian coins. Okay. Byzantinian Empire coins that were stashed just before the, the Islamic Ahoy. invasion. Okay. Okay. So, so just so, before. So what the, the basic uh, narrative that they've created around this in finding these coins, they found it in a place actually called uh, Beneus, the stream, the Beneus stream, the Beneus okay. river. The the narrative that they've come up with and worked out is that someone would have stashed these coins because the invasion was coming. Yes. They're like, I'm going to... Plan to come back. That's right. Collect the coins. Went that's to battle. Right. Died. Died. Never collected the coins. And now, well, 1,500 years later, we've... Well, 1,400 years later, we found the coins. Yes. And so, yeah, as I said, 170 grams of pure gold Byzantinian coins... There was actually, yeah, found near the Bene- the Beneus River, which is said to be, in Christian tradition, it's said to be the place where Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Yes, this is one of those claims that is highly speculative. That's right. Yeah, we... we, we no know. one knows where that happened. That's right. Someone <laughs> made that up. But, hey, it's cool. Someone, someone stabbed on a map and said, we'll make it there. This happened there. Well, there's the Beneus River that has lots of rocks in it, so. <laughs> every river has lots of rocks. Oh, well, the Jordan has lots of mud in it. But every other river has lots of rocks in yeah, it. Yeah, well, the Beneus River is, like, kind of categorised and seen as, like, it's got these massive boulders that run throughout. But it could have been a rock on a mountain or a hill or whatever it may be. So so we don't exactly know that the Beneus River was the place where he said that. But these archaeologists have found very expensive coins there and, Obviously. Do we know how much these are worth, these coins that was discovered? Um, no, because they haven't gone up for auction. They've been immediately taken by the Israeli Antiquity Society, as all, fa- all finds in Israel are. So, yeah. So can they claim, can the finders claim any keepers nope. kind of? Nope. Nothing. Nope. Nothing this is gone. Israel. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, this is a really bad policy because I tend to think that Israel is going to lose a lot of stuff to the black market because of that policy. If they had a policy more like in the UK, I mean, the UK is awesome. Yeah. It's fine. If it's keepers. over 300 years old, fine as keepers. It's yours. Yep. Yep. Ah. Oh. Uh, no, no, sorry, if it's under 300. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's under three, but even if it's over 300, you still get to keep a chunk of the value of it. That's right. They, they give you a finder's fee. Yes. Shout out. Oh, so good. Shout out the UK. But hey, in some other news here, as uh, cheetahs have finally come back to India for the first time, they've been reintroduced into India, there is a group of German shepherds that are being trained to protect the cheetahs. Which is just okay. amazing. So, the, so why don't the cheetahs eat the German shepherds? Because these German shepherds are the bomb. 
Yep. And basically they run around sniffing out whether there's poachers hanging out on their big 80,000 acre reserve. Nice. So this is really, really cool stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to the Double L Team. Lyle and Lawson, hopefully you're up early this morning for our listeners in Queensland and Western Australia. I love daylight saving. It's the best thing ever, but we've gone to daylight savings times and we have such longer days now. Mm. You guys are just missing out. We get Mm. to see the sunrise still. We get to have so much more daylight, so much more daylight that we're using. It's Mm. just the best. Mm. And I wouldn't have the discipline. I would not have the discipline to do it. If it wasn't for daylight saving, mm. and I would bet that everybody in Queensland, their time they get out of bed is the same all year round. So I'm yeah, just giving all. Right. I'm just giving the Queenslanders a hard time this morning. <laughs> shout, I'm, I'm, shout a, I'm a huge fan of daylight. Shout saving. out Queensland for being terrible. Anyways, uh, <laughs> 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 no, we love you guys. But now, uh, and there are some. I I take that back. I I. There was one place I'll go hard on forever, and that's Tasmania. But yes. um, no, there are <laughs> there are some fantastic aspects to Queensland. I really every time I go to Brisbane, I really enjoy myself. So shout out Brisbane, shout out Queensland, shout out that whole Gold Coast area. It's like, Gold Coast Brisbane area. It's amazing. But hey, let's have another question for the quiz. The women at the well had been married how many times? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. That's the woman at the well. Sorry, not the women. The woman at the well had been married how many times? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our amazing Rive Cafe cookbooks five and six. Now. I don't know if it was the last time or one of the times where we gave away Revive Cafe cookbooks as a part of the draw. One of my church members won it, and I was talking to her on the weekend, actually, and she was telling me just about how amazing the book is and how she'd been cooking up the recipes. And I'm like, well, when are you going to invite me over to, to, to cook me some food? But uh, that, that's kind of our soft condition to winning these books <laughs> is that you have to invite us over to cook for us. But again, that hasn't, question hasn't was... hasn't worked out for us yet, has yeah, it? Yeah, we haven't been anywhere. No. We want to play board games and eat food. We've got an invitation to board games. It's just a bit far away. Yeah. Let's <laughs> try and work it out somehow. Correct. Somehow when we're going down the south, sometime when we're going down the south coast, but I kind of never go down the south coast. Mm. Correct. Well, Sad. hey, it's again, awesome that question was, the woman at the well had been married how many times? 0491 Okay, so let's talk about uh, mental health and the link between screen time and depression. This Black Dog study found that uh, over 72% increase in the prevalence of depression amongst teens and tweens in the last 14 years with high rates of self-harm and suicidal thoughts. Mm. So that's a massive figure. That's a 72% increase in depression Mm. and uh, uh, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, etc. Teenage girls, the rate of depression has more than doubled during that time period. So this is where it's really particularly hitting hard. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Giving your child an unsupervised screen, in other words, giving them a smartphone, is a form of child abuse. Mm. You would not do, you would not provide to your children the content that is available on that phone in a paper form mm. without being had up for abuse. So why do you give it to them in a digital form? Um, Eliza Werner 
Heidler, a clinical psychologist with Black Dog Institute, says there are higher rates of depression in younger people than before, and people who have higher symptoms of depression are more likely to use screens. Uh, the Institute, this is an ongoing study, the, studying the mental health of more than 6,000 Australian high school students across 134 schools, and the study is going to be going for uh, five years. But even in these preliminary stages, they're saying, yes, screen times are a massive issue. Because you've got to ask yourself mm. the question, you know, if it's gone up by 72% in 14 years, what's changed? Mm. And the big thing that's coming through here is screen time has gone through the roof. Uh, it continues on here. They would also like deeper investigation into why girls and young women have higher rates of depression and self-harming, uh, particularly First Nations women. Mm. Uh, the researchers say that national guidelines need to be developed for evidence-based mental health and well-being programs in schools with a focus on early intervention. So that's mm. Black Dog Institute out there doing the hard work, doing the research, finding out what we need to find out in relationship to screen time. Another report here, uh, this is by the non-profit organisation Fair Play, found that across three platforms of TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, they all violate their own policies by recommending videos encouraging dangerous behaviour to teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, so this is interesting. I'd li- so, like to know in what sense. Okay, so all right. So you've got an example here of Joan Bogard, whose 15-year-old son died in 2019, while taking part in an online challenge called The Choking Game. Yikes. And what happens is that the algorithms, because you've got an algorithm that recommends stuff to you on these kind of pages, Uh you start going down a certain path, you're going to suddenly get recommended all of these kinds of algorithms. And so they set up a, you know, an an account as a 14 year old boy and started, you know, researching stuff and seeing what would come up. They just typed in some simple stuff, like stupidly dangerous stuff, like train surfing and car surfing to see whether that would actually bring anything up and they had an 80% hit on car surfing on TikTok, a 60% uh, hit on TikTok for train surfing. Uh, YouTube was 60% for car surfing, 90% for train surfing. Instagram was 28% for car surfing, a little bit lower, but 84% for train Mm. surfing. I mean, these are ridiculously, insanely dangerous behaviours. Yeah, because I'm like... You should not be putting in front of teenage because I'm just like, oh, was the dangerous behavior like doing a backflip on a bicycle or something or jumping off a, a cliff into water? And, and then I'm like, oh, so you're just like handpicking and saying, oh, this is dangerous behavior. But that's actually just illegal. Like, like well, Not just illegal. It's ridiculously yeah, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Like it's obviously dangerous, but incredibly. It's also breaking the law anywhere the in law. the world. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay, so this is a this is a big story. This is coming out of California, and Governor Newsom in California um, has just signed a bill that removes children from parents who oppose the genital mutilation of their children. Oh, wow! So if your child wants to have received genital mutilation, and you say, "No, nah, no, nah, that's not a good idea," you will lose your children. Yikes! We're talking about transitioning, of course. Ah. Oh and the operations that are involved in transitioning. And, in fact, this law encompasses anything to do with transitioning. So this is uh, if you're opposed to counselling, if you're opposed to uh, 
medical castration, if you're opposed to, to, uh, to any of these different forms of transition that are out there, you will lose your children. But mm. it goes way further than this. This is a hectic law right here. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom and the Californian Family Council point to language in the text that allows the state to take custody of children who come from other states. Mm. Okay, so when you think about this for a moment, if you're on holiday in California and while you're on holiday, your child says, you know what, I- I'm trans. Mm-hmm. And you say, ah, that's, that's, that's a bad idea. You'll lose your kids. Wow. You can be from anywhere in the United States. They will take your kids off you before you leave the state mm. and they will keep them there in that state and they can legally do this. Now, um, okay, so here's a couple of other examples. An unfit parent, so what you could do, so let's say you're an unfit parent, right? You're, mm. you're not fit to have children and you're in a yeah. custody battle mm. but you don't live in California, you live in Massachusetts, mm. right? Um, about to lose, could travel to California with the child because it's a custody battle, so you haven't yet lost custody. Uh, Give the child puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones. In doing so, win custody, even if the home state court says that you are an unfit parent. Mm. Uh, Parents whose child visits a relative in California would lose that child forever if the relative persuaded them to transition. A state could actively... Uh, a state court actively involved in a custody determination could be deprived of all jurisdiction by a California court if the case involved gender identity and the child travels to California during the court wait, process. Wait, 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 wait. So even if, if all of the evidence of the parties involved in the case are located in the home state. If they have the trial in California. No, no, no. You know, this is happening in Massachusetts, right, the yeah. other side of the state, and the child travels to California, done. Uh, parents of children who never travel to California could be denied medical information about their child if the child obtains puberty blockers from a doctor in California via telemedicine. They just have a phone call. Yeah, just a phone call, and, and you... You are permanently, permanently just destroyed with a yeah. bunch of <laughs> So this is really it's, wild legislation. Okay, okay. Now, this is highly unconstitutional, mm-hmm. and California knows it is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So they've also passed another law. Mm-hmm. And the other law, because it will, be, it will be fought through the courts, right? Mm-hmm. The other law says this. If you file against the state a case against the state, if any aspect of the case is lost. And so usually what they will do when they file something, you know, they'll, they'll list off a whole different, different right. bun, a, a and, bunch of different aspects and, and not all of them are going to stick. That's right. Some will win, some will lose. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but in the, in the long run you'll get, you know, basically what you need to get. Okay. But if the smallest point loses, you will be forced to pay all the court costs. So basically, for the state for the state. So you could win ten, nine could, out of ten. Yep. But if you lose one, you could lo- you could you could win a ninety nine out of a hundred, and you lose one. You're paying all court costs, and so what that has done has made it financially <laughs> impossible for anybody to challenge the unconstitutionality of this particular law. Right. 
Leave California, please. Don't ever go there. <laughs> Don't even change planes in that state. You could lose your children. Literally, you could lose your children just like that. <laughs> fly, fly through, fly go through to Hawaii. anywhere else. <laughs> Hawaii through Houston, Texas. That's yes. that's our new right. That's Texas, our new route. Uh, Denver, there are yeah. different routes that you can get into the United States by, but do not go to California under any circumstances if you have children. That's the moral of this particular story right here. Man, those words coming out of our mouths is kind of like, I f- almost feel like a conspiracy theorist saying this, but this is just legislation. No, this is just legislation. This I'm just, is just what it's saying. Mainstream media yeah, is reporting on this That stuff. is so insane. Yeah. It Oof. is nuts. This is, you know, nuts. I've been calling Pray it... Pray for California. I've been calling it, you know, California for a long time and with good reason. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Here comes the next question for the quiz. Who tricked Joshua into thinking they had come from a far country to make a covenant with Israel? 0491-064-669. This is such an unfortunate story for, for, for the Israelites. Just, yes. <laughs> just getting the, uh, the wool pulled over their eyes. But again, that question was, who tricked Joshua into thinking they had come from a far country to make a covenant with Israel? Now, our quizzes always have prizes, and our prize for this week that will be drawn on Friday is the Revive Cafe Cookbooks, Volumes 5 and 6, full of amazing, awesome, vegan, healthy, tasty incredible recipes. Uh, like, for example, if I have a look down the list here, if you want to make Mexican bean enchiladas. Now, enchiladas are never vegan, but these are vegan, and they'll be amazingly tasty. Or if you want to make Thai vegetable stir-fry, or if you want to make bright butter bean salad. Like, there's all kinds of... There's literally... In amongst these two books, there's over... I don't know, maybe... 80 recipes. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer to that question. All right. Well, joining us on the phone this morning for Interview of the Day is Dr. John Ashton to talk about creation and science. And, yeah, Dr. John Ashton, welcome to the show. Yes, morning. Oh, lovely day. One of, the, one of the things that has fascinated me in recent years is when we hear about things like, say, for instance, the climate or something like this, and they talk about, you know, a one-degree rise in temperature, and then they talk about the massive impact that that has on our planet, it seems to me that our planet is pretty finely tuned to be able to sustain life. Oh, it sure is. And um, I think... um you know the awareness of this is uh, is certainly growing as as scientists um, discover more things that just happen to be just right. I think one of the uh, first um, books that was published along these lines was uh, back in uh, the early 1900s, and it was by a physical chemist uh, by the name of Henderson, uh, Doctor Henderson, um, and. Um, he uh, he wrote a book on the, the the fitness of our planet for life, um, and he it was essentially uh, looking at a whole lot of the properties of, for example, of uh, of water. The fact that water expands uh, just before it freezes, which means that the colder water then begins to float on the surface, 
Um, it then cools even more, but then it seals in and insulates the water underneath so that uh, the life um, in, in ponds and so forth can survive underneath. The, the water underneath isn't frozen all the way through. Otherwise, you know, the, as the water froze, it would sink to the bottom and that would force all the life to the top and eventually freeze solid and destroy it. So, you know, just... Uh, it's fascinating uh, the the amount of, as you call it, fine tuning. And uh, there was a, a, another book published um, in uh, the late uh, 1980s by Barrow and Tipler called the Anthropic Cosmological Principle. And again, uh, I, they identified about 250 uh, optimized design requirements that a planet would have to have uh, for life and the Earth has all of these. Um, now, since then, they've actually discovered heaps more. Um, and a book was published um, just under 20 years ago in 2004 called The Privileged Planet by uh, Gonzalez and uh, Richards, uh, J. Richards and G. Gonzalez. And um, again, that points out just so many uh, factors, not only of our Earth itself, but also uh, in that latter book, um, the position of the Earth in the solar system and the actual design of the uh, solar system itself. Um, for example, our sun has a, has a particular mass and size, and that regulates the essentially the colour of the radiation or the wavelength of light. Uh, for example, if the light was shifted more towards the red or more towards the blue, the uh, photosynthetic reaction that produces the oxygen and and uh, and, and allows plants to synthesize uh, the carbon dioxide in the air uh, with water and produce carbohydrates, uh, that reaction just wouldn't go as efficiently as it does. And uh, And of course, this is something that people forget too when we we're talking a whole lot about all these carbon dioxide emissions. All our food comes from carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because that's where carbohydrates come from that uh, make up the plants that constitutes the main component of the foods that, uh, you know, the animals and, um, and we eat. Uh, so it's, um, you know, there, there's so much there. Another, if um, the sun were more massive, um, the uh, radiation from the sun would overblow, the cosmic rays would overwhelm the magnetic field that the Earth has that just protects it from the, um, these rays. So we, the Earth is designed with a magnetic field. Not all plants have magnetic fields, but we have a magnetic field that just protects us from, at the right amount from these uh, cosmic rays. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's, it, it just goes on and on. If, um, just our position, mm. um, from the uh, sun is just right that, uh, we have a stable water cycle. So if the earth was, uh, you know, further away, most of the water would freeze. If the earth was too close, most of the water would boil. Um, and I was thinking too, as I was flying back from uh, Brisbane the other day, uh, I had some uni meetings up there at the end of last week, and 
as I was flying back, um, it was quite cloudy. And I was looking back at these wispy clouds that just suspend there in the atmosphere. And as I look out the window now, it's largely blue sky, but there's just a few wispy clouds in the atmosphere. And when you think about it, the, the density of the atmosphere is just right that allows those water molecules to uh, float and coalesce um, at, that, um, at that level that provides the, these clouds and the wind to uh, circulate is uh, generated again by a whole lot of uh, factors associated, you know, with the oceans. And there's just so much design that everything just just fits, you know, perfectly. Um, and and some of these things have uh, amazing properties um, that we don't often uh, think about too. Like we think of um, the the sign that God gave Noah. Uh, with as a rainbow that God wouldn't destroy the earth again by a flood, and I've seen some really, really vivid uh, rainbows uh, just in the past uh, few weeks uh, that have been really, really strong. Particularly late in the day, where the sun was low and very strong. But uh, as I was flying back over the clouds, I was actually on the wrong side of the plane. Um, and I, I didn't get up and go to the other side to see if I could see a pilot's bow, which is, um, and, and this is something you can look for if you're, if you're flying in a plane, particularly early in the morning over, over light cloud, and you look around the shadow of the plane uh, on the top of the clouds, there'll often be a very brightly coloured bow, and that... Um, Bow is different to a rainbow. It's called a pilot's bow or a glory, and it has different colours. And it's fascinating. I'm, I'm fascinated anyway by the, the mechanisms of uh, these. If we look at a rainbow uh, that has the, the seven colours there, that's a result of the light being diffracted or bent as it passes through the, the water droplet, mm-hmm. and the light of the different frequencies travels at the different speed through the water droplets and become separated out and so we see it. But in the case of a glory, which is what you see when you see the rainbow or the colours around the shadow of the plane on top of the cloud, this is due to the light being (laughs) to the circumference of the water drop actually being an integral number of the wavelength of light. And so what happens is the light beam travels around the surface of the droplet, it doesn't travel through it, and comes back on itself and interferes. So some of the peaks are blocked out and some of the peaks are enhanced, and that produces a different colour. And when I think of the design features of of so many factors within the Earth, you know, just the tilt, the Earth's tilt, the strength of our magnetic field, the thickness of the crust, which means that the surface of the Earth isn't too hot, Uh, As I was talking about, the proportions of oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide, uh, all just right so that if, um, you know, the ratios of nitrogen to oxygen were were quite different, then things would burn too fast. Um, A whole lot of uh, reactions that require oxygen. So we generate energy by, we we combine food essentially with oxygen in, in a way. That's why we breathe oxygen in, and so in effect, we're combusting fuel. That's how we get our energy. We combust those carbon dioxide, 
those carbohydrates rather. So everything is is designed just just right, you know. Um, and um, to to do this, to have so much coordinated, it's impossible for it to have occurred by chance. Mm, it's mm. just there's, there's just so much that lines up, and on a whole scale, and it's all around us as we as we look in nature. Everything, yeah, everything works. You know, the density of air is just right that it allows us to allows the birds to fly. It allows us to make machines called we call planes and helicopters and so forth that can fly. Um, everything just just matches perfectly. And I think it's, um, to me, it just points to the Creator, like in John 1, 3, where it says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. You know, everything reeks of design. And I think, we're, you know, at the moment, uh, well, and if you think of a lot of us perhaps have had wheat bits for breakfast this morning, and for that wheat bix to be made, it requires a a, a wheat bitch flake that is just the right thickness. Right? It has sure. to be yep. designed. If it was too thick, it wouldn't uh, stick together. If it was too thin, it'd go to to mush, and you wouldn't wouldn't have a flake. But in order to get that flake just the right size, we've got to actually dry the wheat to a very precise temperature, uh, a moisture content. And to dry that wheat to a very precise moisture content, we have a machine called a conditioner that has to be designed by engineers. Otherwise, it's it's not going to actually dry the, the wheat to just the right conditions, just the right moisture level. And without that, you're not going to have a wheat fix. And it, ta- it takes a lot. We've got a PhD student um, and, and engineers at the University of New South Wales working on this design to optimise it. Um, and it takes hours, it, it takes years of work just designing a machine like that. For something and as simple uh, as a wheat fix that we eat on a daily so basis. That, that's right. And when we think of the complexity of the living systems on Earth, it's just overwhelming evidence of a supernatural, super-intelligent designer. Yeah, and nobody else, nobody out there this morning when they ate their wheat bix just sort of came naturally to the conclusion that, you know, something like that could just evolve. You know, you've got them all nicely stacked in your wheat bix box. They're all the same size. They're all even. They have an even flavour. The flakes all stick together. And you say, yeah, somebody actually came up with a recipe. Someone came up with a design. Somebody made this. And, then, and that is incredibly simple compared to what we see in our world. Dr. John Ashton, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We always enjoy what you have to share here on Faith FM so much, and we look forward to you coming back again next month. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.